know, Uther, I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 74, the show that's right to stare into the void of the great dark beyond. Aha. Being creative with that, you'll know why later. Each episode, we'll check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft 1 or 2 topics at a time. My name is Allie, the one that secretly still hopes for new Zalatath lines. I will never give up that hope. Maybe some residual of her is still in the dagger and she'll talk to me. You never know. And I'm joined by the one that rocks a good trivia game. It's Jin. I do, apparently. <laughs> you do. I do. I'm like, I'm like uh, this and that. And you just you stumped me with um, uh, the, the hardest names to pronounce in Warcraft lore. That, that is... Naru names. <laughs> Those are the worst. If you don't know what we're talking about, it was it, Patreon. We, we did a trivia thing. It was fun. It happened. It was yep. fun. It was a lot of fun. I really liked that. Jin yeah. won. Yes, technically I won. Yes. <laughs> not that we bet anything or anything. Although we could have, but we, we did not. No, we did not. It was very friendly in nature. All, it was. All fun and games for, for fun and games. And patrons. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> hey, what have you been up to, buddy? Oh, me? Uh, you know, just, you know, just been been married for 20 years. Oh, that's all? Just, just, just you know, just that little thing. Just that little thing. <laughs> you know, no biggie. Um, as of, so this is being recorded on uh, Tuesday, uh, June 20th. My uh, wedding anniversary is uh, June 22nd, so it actually is in two days. Woo-hoo. But, you know, when uh, all you uh, fine listeners are hearing this, I will have been married for 20 years. But, you know, so we're, we're, we're doing all sorts of fun stuff. Like, we're uh, we're getting our friggin' part of our house landscaped a little bit up. I just Ooh. got the part of that, like, got some house, like, painted up. The garage is painted. It's, oh, man, we're doing all sorts of fun stuff. Fun, fun, fun stuff. And, yeah. And, of course, I'm still training for a marathon, so busy as friggin' ever. <laughs> and then on top of that, next week I'm going to be saying, oh, what's up, Allie? How, how's it going on? Yeah, he's, Hi. he's coming here. Yeah, both him and both, both him and Mrs. Jin. I almost called her Mrs. Ali. Uh, Mrs. Jin. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a different, it's a different person. It's a different person <laughs> entirely. <laughs> Anyways, yes, they're going to be here next week. I'm very excited. I've got a little bit of cleaning to do, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and I am super excited. So is Mr. Ali, and it's going to be good times. Yeah, looking forward to it. But speaking of looking forward to it, Allie, what have you been up to? Because, <laughs> hey, that's better than some of my recent transitions. Fair. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll give you that. It's much better than some of my recent ones. Speaking of looking forward to it, I got a job. See, it made sense. I'm helping your transition. I, it made it smooth. Smooth. You put it out there and I smoothed it over. Mm-hmm. Smooth is like Teamwork, man. margarine or something. It's very smooth. <laughs> like margarine. Can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> okay. I can totally believe yes, it's not butter. Totally, totally. But yeah, I went, went and got a job. 
does not start for another couple weeks, which is nice. Gives me a little bit of breathing room to go, uh, you know, get things ready and kind of get myself ready and what, whatever I need to do. So that's uh, exciting, I guess. And in more like immediate, yay, exciting things, my raid progressed. We are now seven of nine heroic. We just like all of a sudden clicked and rocked it out. It was awesome. So happy. So proud of them. It's been it's been good times. I got to actually DPS a little bit. Woo! Got to fun, isn't it? Embra- embrace the void. You know, whip things with my shadowed tentacles and do things. You just you just whipping them tentacles out. Just, just whipping those tentacles out. Just like Wah! I do. I mean, they come up from the ground and laser shoot from them and. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's good, it's good times. tend to shoot from those tentacles, yes. <laughs> yep, so <laughs> that has been good progression. Yay. And that's about it in my world. Nothing beats a brew shared between friends. So what, what, yeah. you, what you doing there, Ellie? <laughs> so <laughs> I had some life invasions this week, and... I did not really come up with a drink for us to do in time. So what I told Jen instead, I was like, make your own cocktail. Use alcohol you already have in your house or mixers or whatever. Create your own cocktail. Give it a fun name. Go to town. Because I know, I know for me, and I'm sure you're the same way, I have so much alcohol in this house and so many various bottles because of this show. Then I'm like, I should probably start using some of this stuff more. Hmm... <laughs> <laughs> so I I have I call it intro to summer right. since tomorrow at the time of this recording is the first day of summer. Yes, it is pineapple juice, peach juice, coconut rum, like like Malibu, Malibu, and uh, Seven Up. That yeah, that that sounds actually pretty decent. It's it's actually pretty tasty. I didn't know what to expect, but the, I mean the peach kind of gives a little bit of oomph. And the the Malibu mixes with it well. Seven Up makes it a little, you know, a little lighter, a little yeah. more summery, if you will. It uh, it actually really rather works. I have more of that mixer over there because it's it's not as powerful as the Painkiller because I didn't use Overproof. It's just Malibu, but it's pretty good. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Yeah, not bad. I'm pretty pleased with this actually. Yeah. yeah. What did you make? Well, I got lazy. Real, real lazy. I didn't. I didn't actually look anything up on what to make. I was just like, okay. I didn't either. So, well, I'll. I'll be, go ahead and be, be very clear here. I didn't look anything up until after I came up with the drink in my head, and then I looked it up, and it exists. So I oh. invented a drink that already exists. <laughs> and when I tell you what it is, you're gonna be like, yeah, obviously, Jen, that's not that complex. Well, you'll see why I did it. It's because there's a long-running joke that it's like, Jin, you don't even drink gin, do you? Well, I am today, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. What you got? And then I was like, you know what? Since people make fun of me that I don't even drink gin, I'm going to put ginger beer in there as well. Oh. So I got the gin gin. Okay. So that's what I'm I'm drinking the gin gin. And of course, if you're mixing anything with ginger beer, you gotta add a little lime to it. So I added a, a, some lime juice, freshly squeezed lime juice. That apparently is a thing, because basically what I made was a Moscow mule, but instead of the Moscow, I put gin, right? <laughs> and All right, it, yeah. That is a real drink. It is actually called a foghorn. <laughs> so 
<laughs> That's so, a good name. I like it. Yeah. So uh, I, I like my name better. It's the Jin Jin. Right. So uh, so you can call that it whatever you'd fun. like. You can call it whatever you like because it's got gin, ginger beer, and obviously just a fun little splash of lime juice. Woo! And it's good. I like it. It's very good. And I'm I'm officially out of gin now because I was like, oh, well, I'm going to make it a double. And I put three ounces in here. And I was like, oh, well, the bottle only had three ounces left. Cool. Look at that. Worked out perfectly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what I'm drinking. Uh, so uh, no more of these stupid jokes because this is actually really good. Uh, I, I approve of the foghorn, the gin gin, whatever we're calling it. <laughs> the gin gin. I like gin gin. That sounds better. The yeah. gin gin. Yeah, it's good. Would you make the gin gin again? Oh, absolutely. It's super freaking easy. <laughs> it takes like yeah. 10 seconds to make. <laughs> nice. Yeah, because that's that is a bit a huge bump in all of my ratings. Because some of these drinks that we've made <laughs> yes. feels like I need a chemistry set. <laughs> right? I was originally earlier last week when I was trying to look for a drink. I was looking up something to do with peach juice because I still have peach juice from the last time we used it for a drink. And I'm going to use it up. So yeah, some of the ingredients are things I've never heard of. Or actually, you know, you know, requires to have like the the mortar and mush things up and stuff. And I, I don't have that. I got one of those, a muddler. Sure, the that. muddler. See, I'm not, I'm not fancy. Not fancy. It's okay. You can use the back of a big wooden spoon too. That's that's, that's what, true. That's, that's what true. it told me you could do. That makes sense. Yep. But yeah, there we go. There's our drinks. This is where we're drinking. Insert no bumper here, because here we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can be as awkward as I want because Allie typed out awkwardness for me. So uh-huh. this is going to be me reading the ad copy. But I'm going to. OK, here we go. I'm getting character. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Do you like supporting shows that talk about the hobbies and interests that you're also into? Do we keep you entertained while you're busy adulting? Do you find yourself laughing out at our crazy predictions and tinfoil hat theories? If you've answered yes to any of those questions, stay tuned until the end of the show to find out how you can keep this show and our silly habits going. Beautiful. How am I supposed to live, laugh, love in these conditions? So about a week ago, at the time of this recording, the federal court in California has issued a temporary restraining order requested by the FTC in order to block the Microsoft ABK merger. And the FTC is working on making a legal case against Microsoft before the deal can be completed. They will basically have an evidence hearing on June 22nd and 23rd, just in a few days from now, where Microsoft and ABK will be able to submit their opposition to the FTC block. There, the courts will decide if the deal should be blocked until the FTC has concluded the case against the deal in their own administrative court where they're going to be working to sue to block the deal. But in that particular administrative hearing, that's not starting until early August. But the fact of the matter is that the FTC needs the federal courts to enforce stopping the deal since their administrative court doesn't actually have the power to do that. So basically they're like, all right, guys, like we're, we're going to work on suing them. Stop the damn deal so we can do that. So there is, it's temporarily stopped. The... Microsoft Activision deal, however, does need to close by July 18th, or the two parties will need to renegotiate. And there were a couple of rumors floating around that Microsoft said that if the FTC blocks it, the deal is dead entirely. Um, I didn't, I could not read anywhere where it said that, like, boom, like for sure official. 
it was like speculation or he's, you know, someone heard someone from Microsoft say this, blah, 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 kind of thing. But it sounds like if the FTC blocks it, they may not renegotiate. Um, Because in order to continue the deal past July 18th deadline, they would have to renegotiate. If they don't, Microsoft actually owes ABK a $3 billion breakup fee. All right, then. Yeah, this is this is that. I honestly don't even know what to even think about this at this point, because while they come in and they say things, especially like the the UK uh, court where they're like, we don't like it because you may be interfering with cloud gaming. And I'm just like, uh, what? Right. Oh, OK, like put that aside. Honestly, I do feel like there is some possible like like me personally, I do think that there could be some pretty real antitrust issues here. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, maybe. But at the same time, I'm over here going like, yeah, I really I just I just want Papi Kote to go away. I just, I just want him to go away. I just right? don't. I don't like that's, he doesn't that's deserve to be there. <laughs> and it's just I don't know. The, the whole situation, it just feels like I don't. At this point, I have no guesses. None. I am not in the speculation game of what's going to happen. Is Microsoft going to own ABK at one point? I have no clue. No clue if that's going to ha- actually go through. So uh, that's my thoughts. Uh, my thoughts are what? What? I, uh, huh. I, I had to read like three different articles for all that just to make sense. Because sometimes the phrasing went like right over my head. <laughs> but it, it's just it feels like a hot mess. And it feels to me, it feels a little doom and gloom like it's not going to happen. And that's the big thing, too. Right. Like I want Kotek gone. Like it gone. I don't want to see dead goblin eye anymore. And if this still doesn't go through, that's not going to happen. If it goes through, he might still stay on as some kind of, you know, advisory BS, whatever. And yeah, I don't know. But then again, there's some people that are like, oh, Microsoft knows what they're doing. They're playing 5D chess and it's going to be fine. And everything's going to be fine. So it doesn't feel very fine, I'll say. Yeah, this does not feel fine. This feels no. This feels like the dog sitting in the burning building. This is fine. <laughs> right. That's Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Not, not, not fine. Absolutely not fine. That's that's where we're no. at. Well, I mean, now that we know that we're not fine and they're not fine and whatever, things aren't fine. I guess, I guess we can get going. Yeah, sure. Or whatever. <laughs> Speaking of not fine, let's talk about something else that ended in. That's not good. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you what you talking about? We're going to talk about what the heck's going on in Avarice. That's what you're going to talk about. Because we've had Avarice raid out for a while now, as well as the quest line leading up to it. The quest line happens after it. There are some pretty decent RP moments that happen throughout the raid. And while the cinematic we get after killing Sarkrath leaves much to be desired, the quest line we do after it kind of helps to make up for that. At least I thought so. I mean, what did you think, Jen? Just preliminary before we dive into it. What did you think? Yeah, it was you go through, you go through the raid. Oh, fun RP, fun RP. Oh, oh, more fun RP when, uh, you know, hit a little certain point. Seven out of nine. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Seven out of nine when you get there. Oh, fun RP, fun RP. Um, and then, yeah, you finish up the raid and you're like, is that it? Because, you know, Blizzard has spoiled us. This is what's actually happened. This is That's big. true. And we've been spoiled. So then they're like, hey, how about a quest line to wrap things up? And I was like, hey, you know what? That's not bad. 
I like that. That was good. So, well, a lot of people, and and I almost think this might actually be like a possible trend going forward. Maybe maybe not for like the final boss of the tier or, or for the expansion, but maybe like these interim tiers where they could do like a maybe not like a super duper amazing lore moment like death scene and then just like do quest line afterward. Like you could do it because the you always got to worry about freaking, you know, oh, oh the 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 freaking uh, cinematic got released and everyone's going to go jump on Wowhead and go watch it. Like, you know what I mean? That's right. So the fact that when this cinematic was released, uh, you know, it was came, became available. Like everyone was uh, like talking about how disappointing it was. And it's like, well, uh, OK, so, yeah, maybe eh, I'm dead. Wasn't that <laughs> super entertaining, but all of the context around it was really good. So. So, yeah, I, I, I liked it. That was good. Do, do you agree with all my weird ramblings there? I do agree. I do agree. And we'll get into it more as we go through as to why I agree overall. But yeah, like I think I thought it was a nice way to kind of avoid some spoilers with the cinematic release. And yes, like it admittedly threw it threw me for a loop because we have gotten used to a certain, you know, set of cinematics after we kill things. Right. So but I kind of like how this was handled when all is said and done. Yeah, it was really good. I particularly enjoyed it, and we'll get more to it into it, is when you go to this side of the raid, old Echo is going like, Psst, Rathian, you're going to be great. <laughs> and then that doesn't, right? then you get a certain point, and it's like, oh, that didn't work out. And, and even the Echo is like, mm, yeah, mm, mm, you suck. You, you're a disappointment. <laughs> you suck. And then it's like, all right, let me go talk to Sibelian. Let me go talk to Sibelian. And then it's, Oh, see, you can't cut it either. Oh, you suck. <laughs> I freaking loved all that. It was great. It was, it was. Well, before we start diving into it, I need time to shape my tinfoil hat. I actually thought about making one for a drink selfie, and I did not get to that. Um, so instead, <laughs> let's talk about the raid a little bit to start. Jen, while I pour another drink, will you do us the honor of reading the adventure guide for this entire raid? Yeah, I can do that. Millennia ago. Neltharion established Aberus, a secret laboratory where he conducted world-altering experiments. Recently discovered, Aberus is now under attack from all sides as forces seeking to claim the Earthwarder's legacy search for any power that remains. That makes way more sense. The champions of Azeroth must venture into the shadows and ensure Neltharion's dark power doesn't fall into the wrong hands. Yay! Yay! So what did you think about the raid? Overall, did you think it was balanced well? Was it fun? Do you like that we got so much RP in it? What, what overall feelings? You've beaten it on normal. Sure. Where are you on heroic? We are also 7 out of 9. We 7 out of 9. Okay, we're, so we're at the same point. How, how are you feeling about it? I would like to say that it is good. <laughs> it, is, it is good. I like it. Um, but it does, it does have that certain, I don't know, like, like, uh, what are we doing here? Feel, you know, like, like, you know, when it kind of comes out of nowhere because you're not really sure why you're here because Avarice, Ab Ab like, we're going to Avarice, like, and we're, what's Avarice, right? <laughs> so there's a little bit of that, um, especially the early bosses, right? The yeah. the first seven, I'll say, you're like, who are they? Who's that? Who? Huh? And you're just like, okay, well, I mean, it's killing things, it's fun. So the first seven bosses, 
throw away. Take him or leave him. Doesn't matter. Uh, boss eight, uh, boss nine. Pretty cool. I like, I like those, those bosses are good. I like those. those is fun. Now, it's true. Like, what do I actually think overall? Like, and I'll actually say, was it balanced well? Like, we're going to talk about that. I don't know. I like, I like that this raid feels genuinely easier. It does. Like, quite a bit easier. And I haven't quite actually been able to figure out why is that? Why, why does it feel so much easier? Some people, a little bit myself included, are blaming the 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 upgrade, the new upgrade system. Right. Right. Kill a boss, stop by that one guy, get a couple high level boosts. You know? Kill another boss, stop by that guy, got some crests, get another couple, like three little high level boosts. So they just you're incrementally just like boop, 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 <laughs> just a little bit as you go. Is that the reason why? I think that's part of it. I do think that's part of it. But yeah, is it is it fun? Yeah, it is fun. I, I actually am enjoying yeah. myself. It's it's not it's not bad. So I mean, what do you what do you think, Allie? Are you enjoying it as well? Yeah, I am, and I agree. Like it does feel easier, and I I think you're right. Like I think part of it is the upgrade system. Like I I know there was a week where my guild struggled with the second boss on Heroic and just couldn't get it down. But then the week after, between people upgrading more of their gear and getting more of their tier and all of that, all of a sudden we went. From being one of nine to, I think, five, nine. Like in one week, all of a sudden, just bam. Like that was really surprising. But I think it might feel a little easier, but I'm okay with that because I'm having more fun. It's not, it has been really stressful. It has been really feeling like I'm banging my head against the wall on one particular boss or whatever. Like they're, they're tricky enough that it takes some progression, some work. But it hasn't been torture. So that's been refreshing and nice. And I've actually really did enjoy that. And I really enjoyed the RP we got along the way. Yeah, I agree. The, the RP the RP is, is great. It's pretty good. Yeah. I like it. Like no big lore bombs from that or anything, but just the, the just the chatter, like you were saying, between the Echo and the two guys. Yeah, you don't really get any lore bombs until and I'm not gonna call it a bomb. It's like it's more like a lore small grenade. Right. Not like a, like a bomb. <laughs> it's just like a, ooh, ooh, that's something. Is when you take down uh, Neltharian, the, the Echo of Neltharian, technically, the Echo of Neltharian, and, and you turn around and you look at what the boss actually is, and you go, oh, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, we're going to, let's, let's just start talking about it, okay? It's like, like Jim was saying, some of the bosses are just kind of throwaways. We're not going to talk about each boss. That would be a really boring episode. Some of them are just discarded experiments and the result of Neltharian messing around with the Shadow Flame. Some are Jardin leaders from the Zakali Warband. We have the vigilant steward, Sakarn, who has been around since the early days of Neltharian Performance Laboratory, which is, that was kind of cool. After that is where things do get a little interesting story-wise, like you were saying. So the next section in general of the raid is called, called Neltharian Shadow. There's a description for it. It says, Something stirs in the dark. It once corrupted the Earth Warder, and now it's eager to claim new victims. Now we do have that little Hydra beast guarding the path that's part of this Neltharian Shadow thing. That seemed a little weird to me, but he is super easy. Even on Heroic, he's, he's fine. 
And then we finally get to Echonotherian. Quick, quick story about that boss. Do it. We got to that boss on Heroic, and I'm like, wait, did we even fight it? Like, is I literally thought it was trash on normal. Because <laughs> it feels like it, on normal, it's so easy. <laughs> it's crazy how easy that is. Yeah, I'm like, wait, what? This was a boss? <laughs> oh, okay. Because like, the Karn was harder than the Hydra, for sure. Yes. The, when you when you finish up and you open up the thing, you get dropped down and, you know, you deal with the little, little wormies in the lava and then the little Hydra pops up. And I'm like, okay, it's more trash, I guess. <laughs> the trend, the traveling, we'll say, from Zakarn to the Hydra Beast and then from the Hydra Beast to the next section, having to take damage in the lava, that is more annoying than the Hydra boss. That's true. <laughs> That's how easy the Hydra boss is and how annoying it is. That Blizzard's like, eh, we'll just take, make them take some lava damage. It's it's fine. Yeah, it's really annoying. Stupid. Like, I can't even get my heroic leap to work to go across the, I guess it's, it pisses me <laughs> off. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I can't, I can't, I can't levitate across. I tried that, like. And the, the worst part is too, the absolute worst is since I have my heroic leap set up to a macro where it just does like at cursor, right? You know, does the macro. Yeah. So you don't have to like hit it and then click where you want to go. I don't know how many times I've hit heroic leap to try and go across and it heroic leaps me under the lava. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I jump into the lava on the ground there and I'm like, this is not Oops. good. <laughs> nope. <laughs> just, just, I'm. I think I'm going to die. <laughs> I don't die, but I always get to the point where it's like, oh, okay, now you drop down and you're going to take fall damage. I'm like, I got to eat something. Just give me a second. Right? right? And so it's like lava <laughs> and then, then the boss and then lava and then the fall damage down. Like if you have a priestess levitate or a mage or someone that can like help you slow fall, like that de definitely helps. But some raids don't bother with that or some people just don't bother with that. And they just jump down and then they wonder why they're dead or near death. Yep. I'm standing at the top trying to like frantically heal people before they jump down and they just jump down anyway and die. I'm like, all right, <laughs> good job, buddy. <laughs> Stupid. Like I like, I like the whole falling down parks. It does feel like we're going deeper into Aberus. But the whole lava thing before that. And that's just, it's stupid. It's very, I agree. It's stupid. Stupid. It's very stupid. It's dumb. It's dumb. Blizz. Why'd you do it? It's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. Hey, do you want to uh, read the adventure guide for the Echo of Notharian? <gasps> yes, absolutely. Before the name Deathwing was whispered in terror, terror, Notharian was known as the Earth Warder. During this time, the aspect of Earth used his power to construct a massive hall deep beneath the surface, where he accumulated secret knowledge. A visage of the Black Dragon still resides within the Crucible waiting for an opportunity to continue the work started so long ago at any cost. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. And the truck door comes in the night! Yeah. So, again, we're not finding Naltharian himself. No, no. It's just an echo of him. Not a simulacrum, either. An echo. Yeah, not that. It's an echo. So, as Jin mentioned, you look at his body before he dies... Yeah, remember when we fought Rathian during BFA in Iolotha? Remember what his corpse ended up being? Yeah. Yeah, the faceless one. It's an old god minion. Yeah, the, the faceless ones that totally have a face. Yeah. Them. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Not to mention, you know, 
there's a trash between this boss and our last boss. There's Olga May and that kind of thing. But yeah, that moment when we kill him and I look at the corpse, I'm like, oh my God. Whoa, something's going on in here. So it wasn't even an echo of Neltharian. It was literally an old god messing around with Belly and Arathian the entire time. Feels right. Feels right. Feels right. Right. right? A little, little on the nose. A little on the nose here, Blizz. <laughs> and so that makes me think that, you know, some of the, the the whispers and stuff that they were like, oh, I hear the whispers. That's from daddy. Daddy's whisper. No, no, it's, it's, it's old gods. Whisper to me, daddy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. That's what it reminds me of. (laughs) Yep. All right. I'm going to just find my tongue. Um, Moving to the next, our next area, just to move on, is called Edge of the Void. Pretty appropriate name. It is, actually. As we discover, very appropriate. Yes. Yes, very much. So this is is where we fight Sarkarath. And for the sake of conversation, we're going to look at his adventure guide, too. Dear Jen, if you'll read that. Oh, I'm like Adventure Guide Man today. All right. You are. Formerly one of the five scale commanders of the Drakthir, Sarkrath broke away to rebel against the Dragonflights. Yeah, just play the intro or the leveling stuff for the for the Drakthir when you make it a ogre. You'll see it. Yep. Now leader of the Sundered Flame. He even names himself there. It's pretty great. He's like, we're the Sundered Flame. Sarkarath leads an <laughs> army into Neltharion's shadowed crucible to claim the power within and use it to overthrow the aspects. Is that what he was doing? Okay, I guess that's what he's doing. That's what he was doing. He was going to use that power to overthrow the aspects. And that's, I mean, that's the first thing that stood out to me with that. Is that he wanted to claim the power and use it. So, did Sarkarath know that that power was going to be related to the void when he was going in? To Abris? Based on everything we saw, I don't think he had the foggiest idea that it was going to be. I agree. By the time he got there, and by the time he decided to go all in, he probably maybe second guessed it. Maybe he was thinking, like, like, there's a little bit where he probably could have, like, I don't know if this is right. But he probably was thinking, well, I've gone this far. Might as well keep going. It's kind of like that whole sunk cost fallacy just like well i'm in this deep better keep going yeah he he got he got real messed up in the end there he did well i'm guessing that you know the quote-unquote echo Neltharian was kind of you know egging him on like just go a little deeper just just a little deeper be fine there'll be great power there yeah in the words of the dude from office space deeper and deeper way down real deep <laughs> Way down. And then he had a heart attack. Right. Yes. That's that's, yeah. that's what happened to Sarkarith too. He had a heart attack. He's like, oh. <laughs> and he died. I was your loyal soldier, father. Did I not uphold your legacy? Was it all just an illusion? Empty promises leading us only to oblivion. Yep. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Fury Warrior smacked him in the, in the head with a big, large. But that hammer. does help. That, yes. That didn't 
kind of exacerbated the issue. <laughs> so it was probably his original plan to use whatever power he found against the aspects. Yeah. And, and I didn't was get- Sarkarath against the aspects. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's I didn't get that from the questing. I'm well, I didn't either. I mean, it got me a little bit, a little bit. He he seemed to be like, right. So if you kind of like follow along and all the the conversations that Emberthal and Sarkrath were kind of having, and they're like, like Sarkrath, right? Emberthal was saying that to him. Uh, it kind of seemed to me that Sarkrath was obsessed with claiming the legacy and and basically becoming right. the, the new That's general. That's what I thought. Right? Yeah, becoming the the new, effectively taking Deathwing's place, or you know, Eltharian. Saying like, oh well, since you know Deltharian's gone, I will take up that mantle. I mean, even right. in the questing, he he had Oathbinder for like half a second. So that seems to me like going along the lines. I, whatever beef he had with the aspects was probably more. I don't know if he was like. It, I didn't get the vibe that he was trying to overthrow the aspects. Is what I was saying. It, it seemed like he was just he was Fleetwood Macking it. He was going his own way. <laughs> right? He just. <laughs> Go your own way. Yep. Yep. That's the one. And, um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's why, uh, like, maybe that's why Dresden or whatever, whatever the dude's name was. Remember the guy's name? Uh, in the cutscene was like, Is it the aspects? Yeah. <laughs> Dar- I think it was Darrow's. I think it was Darrow's. If that, that sounds right. That's Dresden or something like that. I don't know. Anyways. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Editor Jin just jumping in here to say that it was Desrin. Okay, bye. But yeah, no, I mean, it seemed like they may have like had some like issue with the aspects, but I don't know. I didn't get the vibe that he was like, I'm gonna throw throw the aspects. I'm gonna beat my own aspect now. Right, like it was. It really was about you know claiming Neltharion's legacy for himself. And I mean, if we had seen some kind of conversation. Between him and the incarnates, then maybe I would believe that he was planning on using that power specifically against the aspects. But we never saw that. We saw Sarkrath, you know, stalking the incarnates, and the incarnates were fully aware of that, and they let it happen. But I mean, unless unless Sarkrath heard enough of their conversation that he felt like he wanted to use it against the aspects, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I don't know. Don't really, don't really know what's going on there. At least what they're trying to, what they're trying to like get at with the the dungeon journal, where it's like overthrow the aspects. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really sure why they wrote that. It's like, what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, I I can see how the void would want to try to work through Sarkareth to take down the aspects, given that you know they got their power because of the Titans. I mean, could that possibly be why? Did the Void just get into his head and they're like, we're going to give you this amazing power. You will claim his legacy, but you must use this power against the Aspects. I don't know. Aspects kind of seem small potatoes in the grand scheme of things. Right. Right. I I agree. On the cosmic scale, like they seem like they're dragons. <laughs> right. They're powerful dragons, very powerful dragons. But next to like a Void Lord, like I'm putting my money on a Void Lord. <laughs> unless unless the void who know all possibilities or whatever know that at some point the 
aspects were going to get their power back and they're going to help defend Azeroth when she hatches or something. I don't know. I don't know. Anything's possible at this point. I don't freaking know. Yeah, it's it's something, man. It's tinfoil hat something. So the thing that makes up for the post Sarkareth kill cinematic, in my opinion, it sounds like Jin's too, is that quest line that we get afterwards. And it gives us more of a chance to really appreciate Aberus and process what happened. We see Emberthal deals with some bittersweet emotions with the loss of Sarkareth. As we go through the quest line, we also get to see the character development in Rathian's Zebelian and how they've basically pulled their head out of their asses and actually kind of care about each other in the flight as opposed to who's going to be in power. I actually really like that about them. That, that was pretty cool. One of the things I really liked about this quest line is getting the chance to really, really, truly look around Aberus and just take it all in. Because when you are just going through and killing trash and getting loot and killing more trash and more trash and more trash, there's there's things you're going to miss. So I actually really like this quest line because it get, gave me a chance to look up and look down and all around and really just notice some little details that Blizzard put in there. We're going to talk about some of these things. So we see in the beginning of the quest line, not in the raid, just the, the quest line, which does take place within the raid. We see that the Black Talons have imprisoned and or killed some shadow fiends. You know, like the little little buddy that shadow priests have, right? Actually, holy priests get it now, too. Now, Jin's making eating emotions <laughs> with the shadow fiend. So <laughs> that's what it's. <laughs> I've played a priest before. I know what they do. Right. So we we find some later in the quest line as well. And we actually fight them. But it's their coloring that I found interesting, though. Most shadow fiends we see are, you know, shadowy. They're purpley. They're voidy. If you use a certain, certain, uh, what is it called? Inscription? Thank you. <laughs> Why did I forget Inscription. Dear Lord, so inscriptionists can make scrolls that change what the shahs look like. You, the the shahs look I mean, look sorry, like? the shadow fiends. You can make the, I'm tripping over my words. You can make the shadow fiends look like shahs. Oh, okay. I, um, okay, now that makes sense. All right. Don't forget that now. out. Just, you can, you can take that out. It's fine. Sure. So, so inscriptionists can Edi- use. Edited. Consider it edited. <laughs> You know, Thrall, sometimes <laughs> I should have just let those two <laughs> annihilate you and your family. <laughs> right. He's totally not going to edit it. So inscriptionists can use... No, I know you're not. I wouldn't if it was my show. <laughs> so anyways, inscriptionists can use scrolls to make them look like Shaw or to make them look like the mind better bender octopus looking thingies. But the, the basic Shadow Fiend form is what we're fighting in this quest line. But they're not just purple. Some are white and some are gold. And I was like, why are there gold ones? They're very yellowy gold looking ones. I was like, what? What? Like, I'm sure like I was trying to figure out why. And if it has something to do with uh, order magic and shadow magic together. And maybe that's why we're seeing different colors of them. It's probably just some of experiments that may change colors or something. It's probably nothing to it. But the priest with the tinfoil hat couldn't help but wonder why the hell some were white and some were gold. It's freaking weird. I don't know what's happening there. I don't know. That was weird. Um, there were Jardin who were imprisoned and had their lives siphoned by the machines that power Avarice. 
How long had that been going on? Well, I think that had been going on basically forever because there was the, the one of the elders was like, that was the whole thing with that boss. Was he was just powering the friggin' engines of um, friggin' Abris. Right. right. When you finally break him through for free, he's like, oh, I've been stuck there for like a thousand something years. Like a millennia of torment ends. Destruction begins. Um, yeah. So, yeah, these these Jordan have been, been there for a long time and it's messed up. Agreed. We jump down into the edge of oblivion room and this is when we land in the water. It's that part. OK, so. This is where things start to get interesting. Now, that water seems to have a reflection of the busted ceiling above us. Totally busted up and everything. Kind of, though. Because in that water, there are also orange candles. Now, what candles are doing under water? I don't know. And at quick glance, when you're falling down into the water, they do look like old god eyes. When you get there, you see they're just candles. But from a distance, they look like old god eyes. And also when we look in the water and we yes, we see the reflection above us. But when we look up, we don't see those candles either. So they're really just there in the water. No idea why. It's very random. I don't remember seeing those candles anywhere else. Do you? No, never seen those candles anywhere else. Weird. It was weird. So when I was hanging out, I think we were waiting on someone. I was like, I've heard the hell up. We got pulled or something. People are being slow. I was swimming around in there for a long time. Did you notice you get a weird debuff on you if you swim in there too long? No. Yeah, so you get, what a, weird, do you get? You get a weird friggin' debuff where you get like a, I don't, I don't friggin' know what, it's like uh, you get some weird growth on you and you can rip it off and it does a bunch of damage to you, but then you throw it and it does damage to others. Anyway, really weird. What? You get some weird nasty pustule growing off you because you're swimming in this water. If I were to make a guess, like this is similar to the water that like Galakron was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, right? Because I got weird crap growing off of me, right? Huh. I, during raid, I have not had a chance to swim around in it. I did during this quest line, but I don't remember that happening. Yeah, you got to do it. It's probably in raid only. During raid. Yeah, because. Okay. You do that for, you got to do it for a while, like. Like you get up to like 10 stacks or whatever, like the, the stuff in, in there that you get. And you, you can like rip this hunk of flesh off of your. Huh. All right. So that's that's the first thing. I Is have. it like pustule looking? No, you can't see it. Or does it, it look you, like you, anything else? You get an extra action button. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, you get an extra action button. Now, the other thing, if you angle your camera just right and you look more not straight down, but you look at like just underneath the surface. And you look back at the back wall, like with the weird freaking door. It's a it's completely mirror. Like you can actually see the doorway underneath the water as well. Wow. Yeah. So you, you got to play with the camera a lot when you're under there. But it's yeah, it's like a mirror image of the, the room that you're in. It's it's pretty it's pretty wacky. Very cool. It is wacky. The whole thing is wacky. Like I was focusing more on the candles and the reflections and stuff, but that's. That didn't surprise me because this, this whole this room and the next room are totally wacky. Yeah, it, it, it straight up feels like the upside down from Stranger Things or something like that. It does. You, yeah, that's totally it what really it feels does. Like. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but uh, and then in this room, there portions of the wall are just completely busted up. It's just rubble or they're just completely gone. 
And at that point, we, uh, we're seeing what I'm guessing is the great dark beyond or something to do with the void. So it looks like, you know, when we see like the great dark beyond, you know, space, that's what it looks like. But it also makes sense that it would be something voidy, considering it's called the edge of oblivion. Oh, it's very voidy for sure. Right? It's like voidy, voidy space. Yeah, it's very voidy. Yeah, in fact, when you're, if I remember correctly, when you first get into that room during the raid, not in the aftermath of the raid, there's a very beautiful stained glass. It's a, it's a stained glass window. Oh, that's that's the next room. We're going to talk about oh, that. Okay, yeah. So don't worry. Okay, okay, but well, we're yeah. talking about that. Yeah, but yeah. There's definitely some voidiness all around. As soon as, as soon yeah. as, as soon as you drop down and you're in the room with the water, there's voidiness all around the place. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, considering that we are like in the basement of Abaris, technically, kind of. Except there's all this voidy space, something out there surrounding us. Yeah. Like at the walls. So that's weird. Super weird. Like, do we teleport? Is it just there? Is it there because it like was drawn there because of Naltharian tapping into the void or something? I don't know. I want you to know so you could tell me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I want to know things. <laughs> I could make something up and be really confident about it and pretend that it's totally why what's going on. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so another thing we can see, and that you may not notice this during the raid, you don't look around. Pretty sure we see there. Oh, I'm skipping it. My own sentence in my own notes here. Uh, we get to see some writings engraved into the walls and on the floor. Pretty sure it is the exact same ones we see in Nyalotha. I've seen these runes in Nyalotha. I want to say it was the room... Where we fight Mott, Mout, mm. whatever that guy is. Like I have seen, especially the ones when it's like a like a it's like three or four rows of like runes. It's almost like like a square. Like they're yeah, like it I, I have seen those in Iolotha. Pretty sure of it. Makes sense. Voidy. Yes. Voidy. Runes, runes. Eh. So so these runes that we're seeing here, I'm pretty sure it's the language of the Black Empire carved into the stone there. And we also see claw marks on the walls and the floor near these. So so who put the writings there? I'm going Deathwing. Deathwing did it. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing Deathwing or Neltharian before he became Deathwing. Yeah, there's a, there's like a, I don't know. I feel like he became Deathwing before he came out as Deathwing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was Deathwing for a good long time. Before he let everyone else know that he was actually Deathwing. <laughs> That's true. That's what it feels like. Yeah, because he's go- he's probably dealing with a lot of stuff. I mean, he's going batty, writing all this freaking Black Empire stuff on there, using his claws right on the floor. And that's 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 not that's not healthy behavior. No, no, not at all. That's probably when he descended into madness. Yeah, probably, probably. And I I just got excited when I saw those because during the raid again, like I'm. I'm too busy healing or DPSing and I haven't had a chance to see them. So that's why I love the fact that we got a chance to really look around during this quest line. It's great. So we also see in the room before we jump down into this one and also in this one, we see some stone pictures of Neltharian. One of them is him kind of kneeling down with a large circle on his shoulders, as in like the Earth Warder carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. And then in a different picture on the other side of the room, 
we see Deathwing. And if I remember right, that those are the two we see before we jump down to the water. And then when we're in the room with the water, we see a picture of what I'm calling Voidy Deathwing. And this might be when he went mad and truly embraced the void, void maybe. Because it's Deathwing and he's positioned on top of the world as if he rules it. And the background of it is very Void-like. Now, the opposite side of that, where you think we'd have another picture to match the room up above, we do not. Instead of having a picture, it's just totally in rubble. It's one of the walls that are just totally busted up. And we see some kind of like scorch marks in there as well. I'm kind of guessing it's maybe symbolic of what happened with Notharian and him becoming Deathwing and going crazy. Feels that way, for sure. Yeah, feels like he, you know, if you think about it, it's like... You know, he was saddled with the weight of the world and, and feeling like he was the one that had to carry it all back in the first one. Right. And then, you know, the next one, it's like he, he broke free of those shackles and embraced his, as he probably thought at the end of his life, the his true purpose and meaning becoming the, you know, becoming Deathwing. Right. You know, as they say, you know, he probably thought he was doing the right thing in a, in a, in a weird, twisted way. It was like his... uh he got a little, little some some art commissioned to uh, commemorate, you know, you know, where he started and, and where he, you know, where he is now, and you know how far he came. So, yeah, that's probably what's right. Going on there. Exactly. Now is the point where we get to Sarkarath's room, and yeah, sure, we have Abyssian and Emberthal and Rathion and Sibelian just waiting to talk to us, and I'm just like, screw you guys, I'm looking around first. <laughs> Because this room, when I first walked into it while we were raiding, just jaw dropped as I'm looking up and down and around. And uh, <laughs> this room. Okay. So it's first off, middle of the floor. Instead of having a circular area of water like we had in the other room, it's this like crystal looking area. And if you look real close, you can, you can kind of make out some vases in there. Maybe my brain put those faces in there and maybe they're not actually there. I don't know. But they kind of also like it moves around a little bit, kind of cloudy like. It just, when you look at it for too long, it might mess with your brain a little bit. Mess with mine a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. Doesn't take much for me. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> there also seems to be possible void energy kind of pulling from the middle of the room. And we can, so we, we can see it kind of. So in, in the floor, there's these like small little channels that run from that middle area to the edges of the platform. And in those little like channels, there's maybe void energy because it kind of like runs down along the channel and then it falls over the platform edge like a small little waterfall. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. And then we see more runes engraved in the floor, possible Black Empire runes. We're not entirely sure there. Now, the room itself is a thing. It has sections where walls and ceiling have become rubble or they just straight up don't exist anymore. It's busted in many places. We can see into the great dark beyond or the void realm or the edge of oblivion is what we're looking at, I guess. And we see that in lots of places throughout the whole area. When you look up and down, kind of like around the platform, this whole area is like this flippy dippy legion Karazhan type twisted reflection of the area like under the platform on top of the platform like it's really twisted 
It's crazy. Yeah, and you you can get a glimpse of that in the water before if you angle your camera right because it's all upside downy. That makes sense. Yeah, this whole the whole thing is like it's, you, you can see like an inverse of it. It's it's crazy. Yeah, like when you look up and when you look down, it's it's crazy. And so Jim mentioned earlier that stained glass window. When you first walk in for the raid, you see that stained glass window is it's there on the wall right in front of you. It's very pretty and it's not broken. It gets absolutely shattered and broken during the fight. But when you do this quest line afterwards, it's still broken. But if you look like down under the platform off to the side, you can see the stained glass window there, like still formed and not broken and everything. So like in the upside down version, it's uh yeah, it's basically in the upside down, yeah. Like you can see that during the raid too, but yeah. So it's like it's it is like this upside down weird version, but it's like upside down, but it's also like on top, and it's just there's stuff going on, <laughs> and I want to know <laughs> why this room is like this. There were choices made by Blizzard to make this room like it, and I want to know why. It's true. Now as for that stained glass window. That's, a, that's another thing to talk about. Because some say in the one that underneath and like in the upside down, if you will, like that's still like not broken and everything. It looks exactly the same as the one we see when you first walk into the right. So some say that it looks like Deathwing. Some say that it looks like Ysarge. Some say that maybe it's that mysterious fifth old god. Like maybe a Zalatath. Yeah. So I, I'm actually curious. Alan. What do you, When you first saw it, you walk in the raid, you see the stained glass, boom. What, what were you thinking? What did, what did it look like to you? Like Rorschach test. What, what was it? I had two thoughts at the same time. Part of my brain assumed it was Deathwing. Because it does, does look a little Deathwing-ish. And part of my brain thought it was some old god. Because in, in Alduar, as you're going down to go see Yogg, right? Before Yogg, you get general what's-his-face... Think of so Vezix, something like that. And whatever his name is. In in his room and the room before and after, you see more of these stained glass windows. And and so I saw seeing that one, like it made me think of those too. And so I was like, I could see a little how it looks like Deathwing. You can get some eyes and like the, the like jaw thing. But then part of my brain was like, that looks like some kind of old god. I don't know. And then I looked up and saw chains. I'm like, oh, my God, is that an old God? What is what is this and what is happening? What did you think? I personally thought that it was it, it looked like an old God to me when I walked in there. So that's what I saw. I was like, what is happening? Like I saw, I saw one picture. I was reading some articles for this and one article shared like a side by side of this stained glass window and one of the pictures of Yassarge. All right. Take a look at there. So take I can kind of see Allie. that. Take a, take a look at Discord. Take a look at Discord. That is the stained glass window. Right. To me, that looks like Deathwing. And at this very same time, it also looks like an old god. Like Yassar. It, it does. Yeah, for sure. And I think that was a stylistic, purposeful choice. It right? had to have been. It, it's almost like Deathwing had this stained glass commissioned of himself. But as an old god is what it feels like. Maybe like how he would look when he's, you know, completely and like enveloped by the void. Yeah, he probably never thought that he would be just a tool, as we found out in Cataclysm. He was right. He probably thought that 
I am going to be the greatest of all of the greatest, and I'm Voidy Man 5000. Well, I mean, what, one of those pictures was him on top of the world, so he did probably think he was going to rule over everything on Azeroth. Yeah, and I am just... It definitely feels like it was a conscious choice by the art team and the story team kind of working together saying like, all right, I want you to make a stained glass window. It looks like Deathwing. Shut up, Libby. But also you saw at the same time. <laughs> Libby knows about the void and she's trying to tell us the secrets. She clearly is. She, I think she is in touch with the, uh, Earth, the void. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it definitely feels like it was like, all right, Make it ambiguous enough that it's, is it Yasarge? Is it Deathwing? Is it something else? Because it, it doesn't look obvious, right? It's, I mean, it's, it's stained glass, so it's not like going to look perfect. Right. Like I've seen, I've seen the side by side of Yasarge and the stained glass window. And I can see how some people say it looks like Yasarge. Yeah. At the same time, like we don't know what is Alatath. Looks like for sure. Yeah. I mean, so so maybe. Yeah, like I'm seeing, like I just I just googled it, and people are they they definitely got some, they got some ideas, they got some ideas. Is, is all I'm saying, and they think that it's uh it's an old god, and others think it's Deathwing, and I think it could be why not both. Right. Yeah, I mean, considering everything we've seen so far with those other pictures too, like I can see how. Deathwing would want to put a window there. That would be him as old his his old god form, his his pure void form. Yeah, because we do know based on the books and everything like that that we found um, that you know Deathwing commissioned this place, and you know when one hallway wasn't exactly up to specifications, someone else became foreman, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So Deathwing clearly had some some decisions and choices that he made in you know in the whole aesthetic view so he probably and especially considering that all of the other artwork in there is deathwing right so yeah deathwing is human form holding up the way to the world deathwing you know as his like i'm on top of the planet i'm on top of the world wow right and then we got a stained glass of him going like and this is my final form ah my final form which makes a lot more sense because to me, while yes, I see why it looks like Ysarge, why would there be a window of Ysarge there? I don't know. I don't, I don't see. That makes no sense to me why it would be Ysarge. So, yeah, it doesn't make any sense why it would be Ysarge either because at this point, by the time he was, you know, telling the his his minions to build his hallways up to specification, Ysarge was long dead and he probably didn't right? know what it looked like. Yeah. And this, this area is still... Nelthurian's architecture, right? So, like, it it can't be Asarge. Well, I mean, it could be. I mean, maybe. I don't Unless think it some, is, but Maybe be. some whispers told him how to make it so it looks like Asarge. Yep. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, make that tooth really, like, like a little longer right there. And then, okay, go ahead and make his little face. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You never know, man. You never know. You never know. <laughs> but it's probably not Asarge. Yeah, I don't think so. Now, we're getting to the part that I've waited for. We're going to talk about the freaking chains <laughs> that we see all over this damn chamber. They're up above. If you look under the platform, they're down there, too. It's... 
all over. <laughs> now, maybe, maybe it's just a simple style choice. Maybe they're being used to hold the chamber together as it's falling apart. I don't know. Or maybe something was once imprisoned here. Now, we've seen chains have been used in the past to imprison old gods plenty of times. However, that's usually in a Titan facility or underneath a Titan facility, you know, that kind of setup, right? And again, Aberus is a lab that was built by Neltharian. So could Neltharian have been imprisoned here himself while being pumped full of old god Juju? Or was there a time that four old gods went against Zalatath and imprisoned her? And then maybe Neltharian went deep enough into the ground while creating Aberus and stumbled upon this prison? Yeah, I don't really know what this prison chains could have been put in place for. My favorite theory that I've heard so far, and the one that makes the most sense to me, is Deathwing put the chains in there himself because he knew that he was being corrupted. And he's like, I... He built it thinking that I he needed to imprison himself, but then as you, you look, the chains are broken. Right? He, he, yeah. He broke free. Now, that's only a guess, right? We don't know. Possible. You know, we don't know what the heck the chains are there for. Could it be a Zalatath-like creature or some other old god-style entity? Absolutely. Because, you know, it's like Ali already said, you know, the chains usually, especially when dealing with Titan stuff, kind of screams locking up old gods. Right. And that was my first thought when I saw them. They don't look quite like the chains we've seen before that were used on old gods. But that's because this also isn't a Titan facility. <laughs> Sorry. There's there's a mosquito on my screen. I, tried, I killed it. Um, <laughs> there, this is a Titan facility. So it makes sense that these chains wouldn't be like ones we've seen used against all gods before. Another, funnily enough, um, thing that you could do is you could even say that it was a... It was an aesthetic choice that Deathwing was going for. Maybe he thought, you know, the people that I look up to, the people that I am, am trying to emulate, the, the old gods, for some reason, they all got chains in their rooms. Maybe I should put some chains in my room because it looks cool. Like, like, I don't know. Maybe? I don't know what's going on there. Maybe chains just excite him. Hey, I that's... I get that. It's, that's fine. <laughs> that's the thing. You could, you know, sure. I get it. So, um, yeah, I mean, who knows what him and Sinestra got up to in there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's any chance this is, and this is in the notes, like it literally just came to my brain. Do you think there's any chance that at some point he may have chained up Adamantia there? There's absolutely a chance because because we, we know that adamanthia like was helping the stuff like when the evokers and stuff are around so sorry the jack there so i guess i just don't know the timeline of when that happened and when adamanthia was frozen and in in the stone there and have her like life energy drained from her <laughs> whatever Versus when Avarice was made. So, like, I don't I don't know about that. That's probably a stretch. But that was just, it popped in my head, so I thought I would share it. Yeah, and it absolutely could be Adamantia, at least, you know. That's where he locked her up until he had a 
his little stone prisoner, whatever it was that he created to siphon off the energies for of the the Dracter. Maybe. Know. But I mean, the other thing is, is those chains. When you look at them, they're not just chains; they're just jangling. They're not just like chains. No, like, no, those just chains are very purpley. They got some voidy edges to them, as if whenever they broke free, like it wasn't just someone went yeah and like ripped them apart. It was right. Some void energies were were expended to break free, and I don't know. Like this whole room kind of just makes me go. I feel like we're not going to know really much of anything about what was going on in this room or what was happening until maybe the next expansion, because this feels like a, hey, just so you know, there was a lot of void stuff happening in in the past and this and that. And there's a freaking tear in reality right down here, basically letting the void in. And hey, um... There's this character named Velen that's been warning us about a war between the light and the void coming for quite a while. And this just feels like a a little breadcrumb coming up to that. It's, yeah, it could very well be. Yeah, because the, the whatever this uh, whatever whatever Deathwing had got up to in here, it definitely had some lasting impact in the area because the, the, there's a big ass gaping hole just just right there. Yeah, yeah, just right into the void. Like a Larry would be like, "Whoa, that's a lot of void. That's a that's a lot of void." <laughs> I would love a Larry to see this room. See what she'd say. She'd probably be like, "You should probably close that thing." Like, I feel like we should go talk to her. Should should get on that. <laughs> Cl- close it. So another question I have is, say say we go with you know a Zalatath or some kind of void creature being chained there. Could whatever was in prison there be the source of the shadow flame? Like, were they drained of energy or some energy and used to create the shadow flame? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking maybe I'm, I'm, I feel like that's a stretch, but I'm thinking possibly like it seems like whatever he was doing up there, it certainly involved creating and tampering and, and mastering the shadow flame. Right. I mean, there's the the whole there's an entire boss of shadow and flame and then oh, become shadow flame. Right? So, so absolutely, it, it seems like there was something involved in that. I, I would like to know more, I guess, is, is where I'm kind of getting at here is hmm, this seems very interesting. I, I think this would be a very interesting topic that I'd like to hear someone explain a little bit more what the what, why these choices were right? made. Because I'm just spitballing here, trying to make guesses. And eh, while cool and fun, ultimately unsatisfying because I can't quite figure out what it, what really it's going to be like. I don't have any definitive answers. And I'm just yeah, making shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Taking best guesses here. So I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, can't think of anything else. But I, but I like it. I think it's cool. I like the chains. It's a good motif. Uh, it's, it's a good look. It's a good look, Deathwing. Um, <laughs> yes. Because what was it? There was like the Titan facility just right next door of Nal Kaskal yeah. or whatever. I don't know how to say that. It's just like, huh. Huh, huh, huh. Yeah, like what's what's going on? Yeah, and it, it also got to be really excited because, you know, we just found out today that 1015 is coming in 
what, what? Yes. Three, three weeks? July 11th. One, two, three. Yeah, as of right now, the three weeks. day so. after I start my new job. So, wow. That's, um, okay. That's kind of fast. I guess we're going to see what's going on with some timey-wimey stuff. Right. Looking forward to that. So, wow. Okay. Any, any, any other... I don't I don't know like I'm just rambling now or kind of mumbling <laughs> no I I got nothing else I just I feel like there's just there's something else we don't know about this room or the Titan facility next door or whatever like there's and, and how frock you know sipped on the shadow flame and is still alive out there like there's there's we're, we're starting to get some answers which I love but we're also left with more answers which is pretty typical and here we are. Yeah, that's what it feels like. And here we are. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a lot. It's a whole it's a whole lot. I guess yeah. I'm hoping to find out more. Really, really hoping to find out more. Me too. I'm excited about it. Well, if you're all wrapped up with that, I think we can. I'm good. On. All right. All right. So on to some patrons. Yeah, I have, I have a job, everybody. I have, I, have, I have a job. It's a very important job. And that job is to say thank you, patrons. Thank you for being that's that that's what, what I'm doing. You 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 happen to be the best. <laughs> and I'm gonna thank you for that, for being the best. Because I like it when people are the best. And that's what you are. You are the best. So because it is right now the part of the show where we do say a very quick thank you or a long drawn out thank you to all the patrons that support us and keep the show going. If you'd like to join the ranks and support the show, you can do so by going over to patreon.com slash live, laugh, lore. And while you're at it, you can also become just like these wonderful, beautiful, fine patrons at the top tier level, which is Marjo, 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 Marjo. That's the one. Ickis, absolutely Ickis. He's still here. Nadoon, also still here. And then a great name that I would like to read out right now. That is Live Laugh Pun. Sorry for the lack of puns this episode. It is brought to you by Jin and viewers like you. <laughs> I'll have to step up my pun game for next episode. Absolutely. Next up is Mud. Is is also here. Chris. Chris is here. You guys, Chris Miller. Uh, Dungeon Master Burke. <laughs> and Mike Smith. Those are the top patrons. They're beautiful people. They're the best. And they're wonderful. And that is where we're going to say thanks. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for making this show keep going. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. As Pride Month continues, I want to share some great news from the Twitch streaming team called Team Work. And that work is W-E-R-K. It's not, it's not O, it's E. You can find them on Twitter at Team Work. Again, W-E-R-K. Teamwork TV. They have some great members and some familiar names in their name, including good old Demeter Noth, Demi, friend of the show there. We got Cell Heels, we got Wochi, and a few others. And they've been putting in the work. See, I could eat puns too for nine months now. Did you do the work? I feel like they did work. To they did the work. They're putting in the work. They put in the work and they put By in the work. By typed in W E R K. Okay, they put in the work. Yes. So we're going to say work. <laughs> so in that time, They've done two charities, and so far they've raised over $10,000. That's beautiful. Which is awesome. It's awesome. That's amazing. So the charity they're doing for this month, as of June 16th, 
they've raised 5000 for it. And it's still going through the rest of June. This money is going to a not-for-profit organization that helps at-risk LGBTQI plus people around the world to get to safety. Since they started in 2006, this organization, I like how I didn't actually say the name of the organization yet. It's called Rainbow Railroad. Fail. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this, this organization is called Rainbow Railroad. And since they've started it in 2006, they've helped almost 10,000 individuals find safety through emergency relocation, crisis response, cash assistance, and other forms of assistance. And it looks like they're expecting numbers to number of requests to grow a lot this year. They're looking at about 10,000 more <laughs> this year alone. Uh, it's a tragedy that there's just so much hate and persecution happening and that there are so many LGBTQI plus community members who do need this help to just exist. But it's great that Rainbow Road, Road is doing such great work. So if you find yourself needing help, or if you're in a position where you can help, check out rainbowrailroad.org. And also as a reminder, you can help the Teamworks charity streams are continuing again the rest of the month. So if you can donate a little bit, you can do that as well. So again, you can find them on Twitter at Teamwork TV. And that work is W-E-R-K. Go check it out. That's beautiful. I think I, I think I will have to check that out. That sounds great. Yeah. Oh, well, I check it out. I... Well, check out out of here. I get to check it out in my hotel room, just like I'm gonna be doing soon with my work trips. <laughs> check it out with work, teamwork. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Live Laugh Floor. If you have a topic or a question you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at livelaughlorecast at gmail.com. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash livelaughlore, and you can keep the show going for as little as a dollar an episode. You can watch Ali live on Twitch Sunday nights over at twitch.tv slash and you can watch Jin Monday nights at twitch.tv slash joint. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jin on Twitter at Jin's Joint, and you can follow Ali at Aliander's K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. Whisper to me, Daddy.